Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. What is up, Summit Church? How are we doing? Man, it is good to see you this morning. Hey, if you're a guest with us, if it's your first time here at the Summit, we want you to know how glad we are that you have made the Summit a part of your day. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, We pray that God blesses you. Uh, And then I'd also, when I ask you guys to help me, let's say a big hello to our friends down in Blairsville, Summit Blairsville. Good morning. And then also, if you are joining us online, I want you to know that we're glad you're with us as well. We pray that God meets you right where you are, no matter where you are, no matter how you're joining us today. Welcome to Summit Church. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, As Pastor Mel said, my name is Todd, and I am one of the pastors here at Summit. And today we'll be wrapping up our series on the Holy Spirit that we've called Minimized. And we've talked about how that the The activity of the Holy Spirit often gets minimized in our lives. And there are a lot of reasons for that, right? Sometimes we feel like that maybe uh, we're not, you know, able to hear what God is saying to us. Or maybe you grew up in an environment where the activity of the Holy Spirit was kind of like that's something you didn't talk about at the church, you know? So like I know in a lot of circles it feels like maybe it's Father, Son, and Holy Bible and not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, and uh, and we'll talk about scriptures and its its function in our lives here in a few minutes. But uh, or maybe you grew up in an environment where there was a lot of Holy Spirit activity, right? But it was abuses of the gifts of the Spirit, and it was just a little bit weird. And so, like your friends would come to church with you, and they'd be like, "I don't know what's going on here," you know. Um, there's, so there's a, a wide gamut and a wide variety of reasons that we tend to minimize the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But if we look at the scriptures, if we look at what this, the Word of God has to say, it's very clear that not only was the Spirit active there in the early church, but that there's this continuation, that there's this thing where the the Spirit of God is to be active and to be at work in our lives, transforming us, making us more like Jesus, uh, empowering us to go out and to be the hands and feet of God in the world. And we've talked all through this series about how that the mystical ways of God should result in practical outcomes in the world around us. And God wants us to see him at work in and through us to transform us and the world around us. You see, all through this series, we've been talking about the fact that the gifts are given, the gifts of the Spirit are given so that we might help each other. And so if the use of the gifts in my life or in the life of someone else doesn't result in help to someone else, if it simply is a means of me looking like I'm really spiritual, or if it becomes this thing where it's a show, then then that's not what the Holy Spirit is leading us into. The Holy Spirit leads us in ways that are what I would describe as everyday supernatural Where God shows up in the everyday moments of my life and of your life in ways that address the needs 
and the hurts and the brokenness and the pain of the world around us and bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to bear on the people around us. That brings healing and hope and help and health and wholeness. But we can be guilty, unfortunately, of transforming it into a sideshow that's really more about the messenger than the message, that's really more about the gifted than the giver of the gift. This morning we're going to be talking about prophecy. And some of you just got super nervous already because I said the word prophecy. But can I tell you something? You've already seen the gift of prophecy at work in this service this morning. When a member of our worship team stops and says, I feel like the Lord might be saying this to us this morning. That's prophecy. But see, we get it misconstrued because we often think that, well, i got to be predicting the future. or It's, it's not fortune telling, guys. It's... It's just simply being willing to hear what God is saying to us and then step out in faith and boldness and say, I feel like this might be what the Lord is saying. Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, so let's jump in. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, I let love be your highest goal. Pastor Mel read this last week to us. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now what I'd like to do this morning, if I can, is kind of demystify the idea of prophecy and what it would look like for us to operate and walk in that gifting. So let's pray, and then we'll dive into it. God, I thank you that you are a God who speaks and that you have not stopped speaking, that you are not silent from heaven. In fact, Lord, today more than ever, you want to speak to and through your people. I pray, God, that we would be a people who are empowered by your presence, who would carry it with us in the places that we go, into our workplaces, into our homes, into our relationships with our friends, into every arena and every moment. Knowing, God, that your heart is to transform and to heal and to restore. And that you have chosen us to be the instruments that you use to that end. So God, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So there are two very simple things I want to talk to you about this morning. Number one, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. And then number two, God wants to speak through you. So I, my family and I came to the summit in 2014. It's crazy to think that it's been seven years uh, that we've been here. Uh, we came to the summit in 2014. And before, we, before I came on staff here, before we followed where we believe God was leading us, right? Before we came here to the summit, I was serving on staff at a church in the Kansas City metro area. And we had been 
not at that particular church, but in the Kansas City metro for about 13 years. And we were very happy there. We loved the city and the church that we were serving in at. We loved that church. And we felt like we would be there for a long time. In fact, Jennifer and I often would talk about wanting our kids to graduate from high school at the schools where they were already. And we talked about wanting, being, wanting them to be involved in the youth ministry that was there because we had a youth pastor there that we loved dearly and who, you know, was really good at discipling students. And it's like, man, we, we love this place and we want to be here forever if God will allow us to. In fact, we had just bought a brand new house. Before, I moved, before we came to the summit, I had bought a house less than a year uh, before we came here. And so uh, we were settled, right? We were in a place where we felt like God had called us and we were settled there. And then some strange things started to happen. In January of 2014, in fact, it would have been January the 26th. I looked these dates up the other day. January the 26th of 2014, a friend of mine uh, who is a missionary in Thailand uh, sends me a message on Facebook. And he says, hey, I had a dream about you last night. And he said, in this dream, you were teaching a class at a seminary, and I was a student in your class. And he said... I raised my hand in your class, and I said to you, you need to be who, ha who God has called you to be and to go where he is calling you to go. And he said, I woke up this morning, and I felt strongly that I was supposed to tell you that. He said, I don't know if that means anything to you, but that's what I felt like the Lord wanted me to say. Now, the interesting thing is, this guy, his name's Rusty. Uh, Rusty grew up in a super, super conservative um, denominational background. In fact, one that would say that those kind of things really don't happen anymore. He, like, and so for him to feel strongly enough about it that he would reach out to me, said something to me. And I didn't know exactly what God might be doing, but I wanted to be open and I wanted to be listening and I wanted to be faithful to what I felt God might be calling me to do. And so I just made it a matter of prayer and I said, Lord, I feel like I'm exactly where you've called me to be. I feel like I'm doing what you've called me to do. But if you're doing something, I want to be listening. So Lord, I don't want to simply dismiss this as, you know, him eating bad pizza the night before. God, what is it that you might be speaking? I'm listening. So that was in January of 2014. Uh, March the 24th, I believe, let me see. Yeah, March the 24th of 2014. So this is just a couple of months later. There was another guy who I didn't even really know well. Um, we had gone to the same college, and he had had some classes with Jennifer, actually, and had been in some study groups with her because he was in the psychology department. I was in the biblical studies department, so I didn't really interact with him other than I had seen him a few times, right, when he was studying with the group. And, and so his name was Adam, and so March of 2014, the same thing happens again. Adam sends me a message on Facebook, and he says, hey, I know we don't know each other really well, but I had a dream last night, and there's no doubt in my mind it was about you. And he said, in this dream, you were pastoring a church. 
and he said the church had outgrown the location where they were and you were needing to move to a different place. But the new place, there were some walls that were there that needed to be have doors cut in them so that you could occupy the space. And he said, I woke up this morning and I felt like the Lord was calling me to help you to cut through the walls so that you could move into the place where God is calling you. I don't know if that means anything to you. That's what he said, right? But there you go. And so then I'm like, okay, God, I know you're doing something, but I, I don't know what. But I want to be listening. I want to be open. I want to be obedient. So I went to my pastor that I was serving under at that time, and I, his name was Rick. I said, hey, Rick, man, I don't know what God might be stirring. I don't know what God might be doing. But here, here's where we're at. Here's what's happened over the last couple of months. Can you please pray with us that we might be obedient, that we might hear what God is saying? And, and he was gracious and began to pray with us as well. And so that was, uh, like I said, that was the end of March of 2014. April the 10th of 2014, I get a message on Facebook from a guy named Mel Massingale, who I had never met before. And Mel and I have a mutual friend named Oscar, and um, Mel tried to hire Oscar to come and be the worship pastor here, and, and Oscar didn't feel like that that was what God was wanting. And, and Mel told me that at, later, I learned all this later, he had called Oscar several times to talk to him, and, and Oscar kept saying no, and Mel would say, well, do you know anybody who might be interested in coming? And I kid you not. I had not talked to Oscar for a decade, seriously. Like, I would comment on Facebook stuff once in a while, or he might comment on mine, but I had not had a conversation with him in a decade. And he said he was on the phone with Mel, and Mel was asking him, hey, do you know anybody who might be willing to come? And, and he said, he told Mel, no, I, I don't know anybody. I can't think of anybody. And he said, he said he was about to hang up the phone. He said, literally, I was about to hang up the phone. And he said, your name popped into my head. And I said, hey, wait, 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 wait. There's this guy. His name is Todd. I don't, know where he's, I don't know where he's at right now in ministry. I don't know exactly what's going on in his life, but he would be a good fit for you. And that's how that started, right? Now, I share that story with you because I want... I want all of us to understand that this, this, this gifting that the Holy Spirit gives to us doesn't have to look strange and weird and mystical. It's just a matter of being willing to listen and then being willing to speak when God speaks something to our hearts. But oftentimes what happens is maybe you have a dream and you wake up the next morning and you just go, well, that was weird. I'm wondering what I ate last night. Rather than asking, well, Lord, is, is, are you... Are you trying to speak? Or, or we'll have that, that thing in, that, go, that person's name pops into our head and we think, you know, I should call them and ask them how they're doing. But we just dismiss it as happenstance, coincidence. Or even worse, sometimes we know that it's the Lord, but we just go, I don't want to do that. The operating of the gifts of the Spirit happens within the context of our everyday lives. 
to address very real needs in our lives and in the lives of others. You see, if, if my friend Rusty or Adam, if they hadn't been willing to step out and to say, hey, I, I don't know what this might mean for you. And see, that's the thing. There's a humility that has to be involved in this thing. I'm perfectly capable of missing it. And so are you. So when we go out there with this idea that I'm going to just stand up and say, this is, thus said the Lord. Well, man, maybe you're 100% right. But even if you are, and even if I am, if I go with that kind of like, I don't know if bravado is the right word, but man, it may not even be received because people automatically go, whoa, hold on. Who are you? But if I go with humility that says, hey, look, I just feel like the Lord might be saying this, and so I want to be obedient. Then there's something that begins to happen, right? The Holy Spirit comes alongside of those moments and shows up in incredible ways, beautiful ways. Like for me, in ways that bring me to a place that I never knew I could love so much. So why does Paul encourage them to especially seek the gift of prophecy? It's those two things that I talked to you about already, that I mentioned already. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak through you. Look at John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. It says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. I hear people all the time saying, well, Todd... How will I know that if the Lord is speaking to me? I just don't know if I can hear the Lord in that way. I don't know if I can hear from God. Can I tell you something today? Let me set your mind at ease. According to what Jesus has to say, you won't follow another voice. Because you're his sheep. You're his child. You know his voice. And maybe you go, well, I don't know. I hear people all the time say, well, Todd, God's never spoken to me. That's not true. He's spoken to you at least once. The day that you surrendered your life to Christ, the day that you said, Lord, my heart belongs to you, it's only because you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit calling to you saying, come to me, you're mine, I love you. And you knew who it was and you responded. You see, we try to make this really difficult like we can't recognize the voice of God, but you can and you have. And you've already responded to it. And God is simply calling you to continue to listen and to respond to what he's saying. You see, it's not just, the the conversation doesn't stop on day one. It just starts. But we we have this fear and we have this, 
trepidation about it because we're afraid that we can't hear. Can I tell you that there are several ways that God may be speaking to you today? And I hope, hopefully all of these ways. Number one is that God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through his word. When we open the scriptures and we begin to read and we begin to study, God will speak to us. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And, and I also want to say this. Every other way that God may speak to you, and we're going to talk about a few more, every other way that God might speak to you is subordinate to what is already revealed in his word. And so if, if, there's some, if, there's a, if somebody says something to you that counteracts or contradicts the word of God, well, that's not a word from God. We can test it. We can know. Like I, I, I've had a couple of times over the course of my ministry where someone will come to me and say something along these lines. I feel like God is asking me to leave my wife. I'm like, nope. Nope, 100%. That's not God. I'm like, well, how do you know? Well, because... It's in direct contradiction to what he says about marriage in the word of God. God would, God's never going to ask you to do that. In fact, even if your spouse is a non-believer, the scripture's encouragement for a believer is to remain there. I don't know why I'm getting on this. Maybe, maybe there's somebody here that's wrestling with this today. Can I tell you that God is speaking to you? So anything that contradicts the word of God is, is never going to be a word from God. So we test everything by the word of God. But we also recognize that there are a lot of things that are in the word of God that, or, that aren't addressed in the word of God. For example, if you, are, if you are looking at a new job opportunity, well, you're not going to find a scripture that says take that job or don't. But we have a Holy Spirit who speaks to us. And what we can look at in the Word is we can look at ways in which God has continuously spoken to people in those ways. Sent along confirmation, whether it was by a friend or whether it was by a dream or a vision or whether it was just by that inner knowing, that inner voice that says, this is the way that I'm calling you to go. You see, all of these ways God speaks to us. So when my friends reached out to me on Facebook, and then when I began to talk to Mel, all of those things, then the Lord began to confirm in my heart and in Jennifer's heart as we prayed and as we sought the face of God, and just, it was just a knowing, an understanding of this, this, is, this is the Lord. You see, there, it takes some faith, and it takes some willingness to step out. And I, I'm not telling you this story to say that we're such great people of faith, I'm not. Right? There are a lot of times that I've, I've not followed that prompting. I've not followed that leading. I've not followed that voice. And then I go, man, God, I don't know what you might have done, but I'm really grieved that I didn't listen. In... Uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. There's this interesting section of scripture in Numbers 11. So 
Moses has been the voice of God to the people of Israel, right? And he's led them out of the wilderness, and he's out of Egypt, and, and he's been the one that God would speak through. And there's something interesting that happens in, in Numbers chapter 11. There are these elders of Israel that, that go into the tent of meeting. And this is the place where Moses would go and meet with God. And these elders go into the, the tent of meeting. And the Spirit of the Lord rests on them and they begin to prophesy. They begin to speak the word of God. And uh, the people are a little jealous. In fact, Aaron goes to Moses and he says, Hey, you got to tell these guys to knock it off. Because you're the mouthpiece of God. You're the voice of God. And look at what Moses says. This is Numbers eleven twenty nine. Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon all of them. I love this. And I believe that this is not only Moses saying, hey, I'm not concerned about that. But this is Moses. This is a prayer that Moses offers before the Lord. This is God in the way that you speak to me, I want you to speak to all of your people. In the way that we talk as friend to friend, I want you to talk with all of your people. In the way, Lord, that you have used me to guide and to lead and to direct those that you've called me to shepherd, I want you to call all of us to be, be that for each other. I believe that this was a prayer that Moses offered up. Not only his response to what was happening, and I believe that in Joel chapter 2, the prophet Joel prophesies about the answer to that prayer. This is Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 28. It says, then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon, everybody say, all people. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. So Moses prays this prayer that says, God, I wish that you would pour out your spirit on all of your people, that all of your people would prophesy. And then the prophet Joel prophesies that that indeed would happen, that God would pour out his spirit on all people. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see this in fulfillment. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. And this wouldn't be the last time that this kind of language is used in the book of Acts. In fact, throughout the Gospel of Luke and throughout Acts, we see Jesus and then his followers as people who are full of the Spirit and whose words and deeds reflect that reality. Um, now, in our, in our scriptures, in the, in the canon that we have in the Bible, Luke and Acts are, are presented as separate books. But that's not how they were written. Luke and Acts are, are two volumes of the same book. That's why the, the, first, the first verse of Acts, Luke says this, I have written to you, O Theophilus, 
So I might, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing at this point, but he, say, he says, so that I might continue to tell you the story of what Jesus began to do and teach. So Luke is Jesus, Luke presents Jesus as the spirit-empowered, spirit-filled prophet of God. And then in the book of Acts, he says, this is what Jesus continued to do. In the first part, I told you what he began to do and teach. Now I'm going to show you what he continued to do. And in that way, he shows the spirit of Christ, right? The spirit of God coming to rest on the followers of Jesus. And then they themselves become the spirit-empowered, spirit-led, spirit-filled prophets of God. They're the ones who begin to carry the good news. They're the ones who begin to carry the message of God to the people around them. And we see it over and over and over again that the Spirit of God empowers His people to speak with authority and to speak with power and to reveal Christ to the world around them. And He hasn't stopped. But we have this idea, this false idea, that in order to be used in those ways, well, I need to be a theologian. I don't know enough of the book of Ezekiel to go out and, you know, be used by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you, I want all of us to know the Word of God. Because we're shaped and we're molded and we're changed by it. It makes us more like Jesus. Right? It, it helps us to know the heart of God and who He is, but it's not a prerequisite for being used by the Holy Spirit. God wants to use you right where you are, who you are in this moment. The fruit of the Spirit is about maturity. It's about our growth Right? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, all of those things. That's fruit. It's growth. A gift is a completely different thing. I give gifts to my children even when they haven't been as good as I would like them to be. Right? It's not about your performance. It's about your willingness and your openness to allowing God to use you. And, and even in even in the place you are today or the place I am today, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak through you. There's a guy, his name is Mike Pilavachi. He's a British guy. Uh, and uh, he's, he's Anglican. Um, which I don't, that doesn't really have any pertinence on the story. Um, but he, uh, he talks a lot about these ideas, and, and God uses him in some pretty unique ways. He tells a story, though, uh, about when he first began to feel like God was prompting him to, you know, to speak out and to be used in that way. And he said he was at a meeting, and he was praying with a couple and uh, it was he and a friend who were praying with this particular couple. And, and he said, uh, 
all that kept going through my head was the lyrics to Abba's Dancing Queen. And he said, I thought to myself, this cannot be God. Uh, just, just keep your mouth shut. And when they, when they ask if you feel like the Lord has, you know, given you anything for, just say pass. Uh, and he said, so I was just, I was praying with them and, and, uh, and then his friend, he said, my friend turned to me and said, Mike, I feel like the Lord may have given you something for, for these folks. And he said, I, I thought, oh. And he said, but I felt really strongly that, that I needed to say this. He said, so I looked at this, this lady and I said to her, um, I feel like the Lord may be saying to you, you can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life. And he said, the, the couple, the, the man and his wife, they began to laugh. And he said, I thought to myself, see, it wasn't the Lord, you idiot. Like, why did you even say that? And he said, they began to laugh. And, and then they said, hold on, wait, wait, here's, he said, what I, what they, what I discovered was that this lady shared with me that a couple of weeks prior to that, she and some friends had decided that they were going to start a dance group to express their worship to the Lord. They wanted to worship through dance. They wanted to honor God through dance. And she said on the way to the meeting, she looked at her husband and said, I don't think I'm going to do that. I just don't feel right. You can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life. The point of all of that is that, look, God's not gonna, God's not gonna show up and then all of a sudden you're gonna sound like King James Bible. He wants to use you. He wants to use your experiences, your history, your life, your understanding of things, and begin to speak through that. And sometimes it takes a little, well, a little courage to maybe say something that might seem strange. Or to step out and do something that might seem a little odd. God asked the prophet Jeremiah to, to, uh, to put on a loincloth, lay down on his side for 40 days, build a model of Jerusalem, and then burn dung. Please, God, don't ask me to do that. All I'm saying is, we get this idea that, that prophecy has to be this someone on a stage who calls themselves prophet, and there's this kind of weird mystical thing that happens, and, and not that God can't use people on a stage to speak to you. I hope that right now, God is speaking to you. But what's even more incredible and beautiful and powerful is when everyday people like you and me in our everyday circumstances follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And 
And let me, again, let me just set your mind at ease on this. Let's go back to our, our original text in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let love be your highest goal. Now, why does Paul couch this entire argument in that way? I believe it's because of this. If you and I will make love our highest goal, if you and I are, if we set out and we say, Lord, let me be your hands and feet to somebody today. Let me be a comfort to someone today. Lord, help me to show someone your love today. Lord, help me to love somebody for, through, you know, love somebody through me today. Lord, do your work in me today. God, I pray that I would be an emissary of peace. I pray that I would be someone who brings healing and hope and joy to the world around me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that in the middle of all of the conflict that may be going around me in the world, that I would be someone who carries your presence. If we make love our highest goal, then we're already in alignment with the Holy Spirit. We're already in alignment. We're already in, like walking in concert with Him and who He is and who He's revealed Himself to be and the work that He is doing in the earth. If, if the, the work of God is to see the renewal of all things and you and I become a people who are actively pursuing that, then we can step out and we can begin to do things knowing that even if, even if, it wasn't the Holy Spirit that said, tell that person Jesus loves them. What have I lost if, if it wasn't? Right? I've, I've still found myself in alignment with who God is and who he's called his people to be. And I think that you would be amazed at how the Holy Spirit begins to come alongside those things. And how you'll find out that, you know what, that prompting wasn't just me. That, that really was the Lord who was. He said, hey, go buy, that, go buy a bag of groceries for that family across the street and take it to them. Just drop it off and say, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And then all of a sudden you're a prophet. Right? Who's carrying the message of Christ, who's carrying the word of God, who's carrying the presence of God. You see, because the thing is, this is not about the power. It's not about the gift. But the Lord encourages us to desire the gifts. In fact, so the, some translations say eagerly desire. Right? God calls us to desire the gifts, not, so, not, for, the, not for the gifts, but because the presence of God. So we begin to carry that presence into the places where we go and into, into our relationships, into our world. We find God's coming alongside that in incredible ways. And I believe that the more we're willing to step out and to do those things, that, that the more God will begin to reveal to us. The more God will begin to speak through us. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been sitting down with someone or, or sitting in a, in a classroom when I'm teaching our freedom curriculum or, and I find myself saying things that I know were not original thoughts to Todd, you know? And you see people begin to respond to it and you just, it's just, you just feel humble and you go, God, thank you. Thank you that you use people like us to deliver your word, 
to deliver your truth, to bring life and peace. And He wants to use you in that way too. The other day I was in line at Bilo. And I, I wish I could say I did this kind of thing all the time. Uh, my prayer, honestly, I told Jennifer, my prayer is that I, that I become more aware of these kinds of moments and that I become more willing to step out and do these kinds of things. I was in, I was in line at Bilo and uh, my cat, the cashier, her name was Charlotte. Charlotte was walking with a cane and she was obviously in pain. Um, she, anyway. And man, I just felt, I was like, you know, that little, hey, pray for her. I'll be honest, like that, I was like, oh, Lord, she might think I'm weird. (laughs) But I said, hey, Charlotte, can I pray for you? She looked at me really funny, and she went, go for it. (laughs) She was super excited that I was going to, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, glory fell. It was amazing. Uh, But, you know, she said, go for it. And so I just stopped and I just took a minute and I just prayed for her and I prayed that God would, you know, that the pain that she was experiencing would, would leave. I prayed that, you know, she would receive healing. And I said, Lord, even more than that, I prayed that Charlotte would know today that you, are, you love her and that you are with her. And um, I'd love to say that Charlotte began to dance through the aisles of Bilo because her pain was gone. That's not what happened. I don't know what happened for Charlotte. I know what happened for me. After I finished praying with her, I looked up and two lanes over was a co-worker of Charlotte's. And I looked up and she was crying and she looked at me and she said, thank you. I don't know what, I didn't get a chance to talk with her. I don't know what God might have done in those moments. I don't know what the Holy Spirit was doing, what he was working, you know. I don't know what the outcome of that will be. But the scripture says that some of us are called to plant and some of us are called to water and others of us are called to reap the harvest. And what I do know is that in that moment, because I was obedient, that the Lord smiled on that moment. And I know, I know, I know that it will not return void. I know that God is at work and he's moving in their in Charlotte and in her coworker. And I know that the next time I walk into Bilo and Charlotte is there, that she's going to remember me and we're going to be able to have a conversation about what God may be doing in her life. God wants you and I to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the power of his presence in everyday supernatural ways. I'll be honest. I have had more than enough of my share of show. But I am hungry to see all of God's people in everyday ways 
be the hands and feet of Jesus, carrying the presence of God into our places. Because you see what happens in those moments like that where we're willing to step out and say, Lord, I'll pray for Charlotte today. And not just in the sense of, Lord, when I get in the car, I'll say a prayer for Charlotte, but I'll step out and go, hey, Charlotte, can I pray with you right now? That what happens in those moments is that the checkout line at Bilo becomes a place for the Spirit of God to dwell. Your workplace, sitting over a, a, a pale lunch, right, at, at, you know, across the table from the guy that you work with, and all of a sudden that becomes a moment and a place for the Spirit of God to dwell. I so desperately want to see that in our, in our community, in our church. Because you see, it's not going to be a well-crafted argument, a great apologetic, a well-crafted sermon. It's not those things that transform and change people's lives. It's when people like you and like me who've been transformed by the power and the presence of God carry that same presence into our places of work, into our homes, into our relationships, across the street to our neighbor. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak through you. So let love be your highest goal. And in the words of the great theologian, Kid Rock, get in the pit and try to love someone. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen right now. I believe that God is already speaking to many of you. So I want to give you an opportunity to respond. So I want to turn it over to our host in Blairsville, and they're going to give you an opportunity. And then I want to ask you here in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes. God bless you guys. I love you. Lord, we invite you into this moment. Not because you need our invitation, but because you ask for our surrender. So Lord, we open our hearts to you right now. God, I pray that in this moment, as we pray this prayer of surrender, as we say, God, give us ears to hear and to respond to what your spirit is saying, that that would be the posture and the cry of our heart every day and every moment. Lord, we confess that the issue today is not whether or not we are able to recognize your voice. But the issue is that we've often not placed ourselves in a position to hear it. So forgive us. Have your way in us. Have your way in this moment. In Jesus' name. Now, if you'll keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a minute.
you know, earlier in this message, I, I talked about how that all of us, at least at one moment, have heard the voice of God in our lives. When the Holy Spirit called out to us and said, you need a savior. And our heart responded to that and we said, God, my life is yours. And I believe this morning that there are some of you that today is the day that you are hearing that voice call to you. That gentle voice that says, I love you, I forgive you, you are mine. I wanna be your friend, I wanna be your savior. And maybe you came in here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, but right now, the Spirit of God is calling to you. The voice of the Spirit is speaking to you. And for the first time, you've recognized it. And your, your heart has responded. And you said, God, I want my life to be yours. If that's you, I want to ask you to do me a favor. I'm not going to call you to the front or embarrass you in any way. But I do want to be able to pray with you today. So if you just raise your hand and say, Todd, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I hear the voice of God calling me today. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Wait just a minute. Say, Todd, that's me. I'm going to give my heart to God today. Give my life to Jesus. All right, so here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come. We're going to sing one more song together. I want to give you an opportunity to respond just to Maybe there's some repentance that needs to happen. Maybe, maybe there have been times when you've felt like God was prompting you to do something and you've ignored it or you've been afraid and allowed fear to keep you from stepping out. And or maybe you've just not positioned yourself in a place to hear from God. Maybe... Maybe, maybe you just need to confess today and say, God, I haven't, I haven't been listening. You want to say, God, whatever you want today, I'm yours. Have your way. So I'm going to ask you to stand. The worship team is going to come back and lead us in one final song. If you need prayer for any reason today, uh, the prayer team is here. They're available to pray with you. Uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last several weeks. And if you want to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we want to invite you to come and pray. If you need healing today, we want to invite you to come and pray. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that God wants to show up in these everyday moments and do incredible things. So here's my... Here's my encouragement to you today. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Step out in faith and boldness and just know that if you are making love your highest goal, we don't need to be afraid to step out. Because God will show up in beautiful, beautiful ways.